In a matter of hours, we will find out who the 30 candidates are that will represent the U.S. at the World Cup in Brazil. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. And uh, it's pretty – you can already uh, feel the uh, the suspense uh, as we are half a day – actually, we are – what are we, 12 hours away maybe, roughly? Half a day away from finding out who the 30 players are. And I know U.S. national team fans can't wait to see this list, and, and I'm sure everyone's making their lists already. Even though this isn't the World Cup roster, I think just because of the depth that's there and the fact that there are going to be some good players uh, left out, and I think everyone's wondering if there's going to be some surprises. So I, I feel like there's more suspense for this preliminary. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, there's more suspense for this preliminary World Cup roster than there's ever been for a preliminary World Cup roster before. Well, we're going to talk about the roster on the show. I mean, obviously we have to, and it's crazy to think of when you and I went through the list of 30 guys that we think are going to get called in, and it's hard to fathom that, dude, you had to cross off seven of these guys off the list. I mean, it's it's going to be so difficult for Jurgen to decide who he's going to take, who he's not going to take. I mean, it's going to be... It's it, this is probably one of the hardest decisions that that any World Cup manager for the U.S. has had to make of all time, just with the amount of quality that the U.S. has. So we'll talk about that here uh, in a little bit. Ivis, we have a full show. We're going to recap MLS Week Ten. Lots of goals this past weekend. We'll talk a little bit about international soccer, English Premier League. We'll recap the Americans abroad. But as we just said, we have to talk about the U.S. roster that Jurgen is going to call in. You and I have gone through 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 a list of, of thirty guys that we think are going to get called in, and let's just dive right into it. Goalkeeper, I think you and I and everyone's going to be on the same page. Tim Howard, Brad Guzan, and Nick Romano should all and will all be called into Jurgen Klinsmann's camp. Right. I mean, I think that's pretty fair to say. I know. I, I found it funny. I don't know. I read it somewhere where someone was kind of suggesting that, you know, they had heard that there'd be three goalkeepers. And it's like, no kidding, there's going to be three goalkeepers. <laughs> Why would you bring four? Why would you bring five? You know who your top three guys are. The other players who are in the competition, they're on MLS teams. Why pull them from their MLS teams if you know who your three guys are? I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it. Bill Hamid and Sean Johnson and Tally Hall could show up in Stanford and, you know, they could stop time and make every save there is. And, and, and chances are they're not going to beat up Nick Ramondo. Let's just be honest, right? He's the guy. That's the three. You only need three in your camp. So it's going to be those three. Uh, Nick Ramondo came through healthy this last match. And obviously Tim Howard and Brian Guzan as well in the Premier League. So they should all be heading to Stanford as we speak. Well, moving up a level, Ivis, the defense, this is where it kind of gets a little bit tricky. You know, we can start getting the conversation of who's going to get called in, who's not going to get called in. But what we have is Fabian Johnson, Demarcus Beasley, Omar Gonzalez, Matt Beasler, Tim Ream, Clarence Goodson, Michael Parkers, John Brooks, Brad Evans, Jeff Cameron, and Timmy Chandler. What do you think of the defense, Ivis? Well, I think we agreed on on the same group of guys. Uh, I think uh, based on the list you just mentioned, uh, there are going to be some question marks for sure uh, from people hearing that list, and they're going to ask, is Timmy Chandler really on the list? Is he really someone who Jurgen Klinsmann is going to bring in after 15 months away from the national team? And that's a that's a legitimate question. Um, just you know, for me, it, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't bring him. But I just think with the quality that Timmy Chandler has and the potential he has to actually step in and play for you in the World Cup, I think for me, I like him better than some of the other options that you have uh, potentially at some other positions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now we have listed 11 defenders, 10 midfielders. I mean, on my projected 30, I go 11 defenders, 10 midfielders. Um, And uh, the reason I I do is because, I I mean, I think a Chandler – is worth bringing more than say some midfielders who could you could bring in with your eleventh midfielder spot, 
because you know what you have you know who your your midfielders are that are going to be in that rotation uh you know Bradley Dempsey not to jump ahead to the midfielders but like we know who the the best midfield candidates are um Tim Chandler on the other hand is someone who could really push the other fullbacks right back and left back so you know what maybe maybe you know we don't we also don't know his full health status he didn't play this past weekend because he was suspended due to yellow card accumulation so we were left with him having played a game and a half uh, on his return from the torn meniscus, and that's not a lot of games. So obviously, you know, Nuremberg lost their game. They lost to Schalke. They have been relegated. There is no playoff. There's no relegation playoff. No more games for Chandler to play. So Jurgen Klinsmann has to make that decision. Is one and a half games in the Bundesliga enough for him to come back after after the 10 weeks off from the knee injury? Is that enough? And, you know, for me, I I, I give him a chance. I want to see him because I remember Chandler in in his previous caps. I know there are people who remember the Honduras game and think how bad he was in that game, but I remember other games where he looked really good. And and I also consider the fact that he's playing in the Bundesliga. So we'll see. We'll see if he gets called in. But for me, he's on the fence. Tim Ream, obviously, is someone who also is on the fence, but I, I like his chances. I think he's there. I think his versatility and I think his quality at Bolton this year, I think he's earned his way onto the radar. Mm -hmm. So I think those are kind of the question marks. I think everyone else we've talked about is kind of set in stone. Uh, Even though for me, Brad Evans, I'm still not sold on his form. Um, I'm still not sold on him as a fullback at the World Cup. Uh, But obviously, Klinsman at this point seems like he's pretty sold on him. So uh, that's a pretty safe bet. Well, you have to see what you get out of Brad Evans, too. I mean, it just makes that right-back position. You have four guys competing for the, for those spots, Ivis. I mean, Parkhurst, Evans, Cameron, Timmy Chandler. I mean, you're right. You have to bring in Timmy Chandler because, let's face it, at the World Cup, Brad Evans was great. And, and, and you know, teams throughout seasons, you know, we see this in, in Major League Soccer, guys have to step up. Guys have to deliver. We saw that last year with the New York Red Bulls. Guys had to step up. And you know what? Brad Evans, he had to step up, and he did a great job stepping up for the U.S. in qualification. But you never know. I mean, Timmy Chandler could come into camp, Ivis, just as you like to say, crap the bed. So you never know, man. That's why you got to bring in Brad Evans. Uh, Now, Ivis, we did disagree with one player on that list. I only had 10 defenders on the list that I did. You had 11. That was John Brooks. If if Jurgen brings him in, that's six central uh, uh, center backs that he will have into camp. You know, John Brooks, Ivis, I mean, possibility of him really going to Brazil, or is it just you have to bring in the young player to get him that experience to see what could happen here? Well, number one, he's he'd be five center backs. I don't know who you're counting. Oh, I'm sorry. I for some reason my handwriting sucks and I can't read my handwriting. So that'd be five center backs. My, my apologies. Right. right. So five is normal. I mean, if you go five and five or five and you need five, I think because you're gonna you're gonna bring four. You want to have five to look at. Um, so you got let's see, Beasley, Gonzalez, Goodson, Brooks, and Tim Ream. Mm-hmm. That that's your that's your group right there. Um, and I think for me, I, I don't know how you don't bring Brooks. I mean, Brooks has worked his way back into the starting lineup at Hertha Berlin, done really well for them. He even had a player of the week nod uh, in one of the matches in, in the Bundesliga, Bundesliga player of the week. He he got back to starting. Um, I, he has For me, he has to be in camp. I don't think it's a question. Um, I think uh, just, just with the tools that he brings and also the, the, you know, the age that, that he, he brings to the table, I don't necessarily think he beats out Tim Ream. Like for me, just for the qualities that Tim Ream has – uh, when you want to kind of look at your starters and then look at your options behind them. And for me, Matt, when you think about Matt Beesler and how, how important he is, if, if for whatever reason, whether it's a red card or an injury, 
Knock on wood, that doesn't happen because mm-hmm. he's obviously the most for me the most important defender that there is in on the U.S. team. But if anything happens to Matt Beasley, Tim Ream is the player most likely to help fill that void. He's left. He's a left-footed, uh, technical center back, and and I think for me. He's the perfect backup for Matt Beasler and, and a better suited to be that to, to play, fill that role than any other player on the team. Um, so I think from that standpoint, I think he has the edge over Brooks. But I just think you have to bring Brooks because, you know, he, he's been playing at a high level this year. He had his ups and downs, but he fought through that and he finished strong. And you have to you have to appreciate that. You have to appreciate that. You know, everything that he went through from his injuries to get in being in the coach's doghouse. He was pulled in the first half from two matches this season around the beginning and the middle of the year. So, you know, the coach did not make things easier for him, and he fought through that, earned his way back in the starting lineup. And you know what? He's a quality young center back. I know people will remember that Ukraine game and think, oh, he was atrocious. And that's a fair point. He he did look bad. But he also wasn't playing much at that point. So he was in the middle of that whole situation where he was benched for them. So I, I don't – again, I, people, you always have to look at the bodies of work. You can't look at one match – and let that kind of just be your, your your final verdict on a player. Like, you have to look at the body of work. So I think from that standpoint, I think Brooks will be on this team. Oh, moving up to the midfield, Ivis, you and I did have a few conversations on certain players, but we did have, for sure, both you and I, uh, Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, Graham Zuzzi, Alejandro Bedoya, Julian Green, Jermaine Jones, Michael Bradley, Kyle Beckerman, Mix uh, Discrude and Maurice Adu. And you just look at those uh, five guys we listed off. I mean, Ivis, that is a incredibly talented, quality, and very deep midfield right there. Right. I mean, I think the midfield is pretty set in stone. I mean, obviously, the one wild card in the midfield group is Julian Green. But I think most people expect him to be there because, you know, Klinsman, uh, is, is, he got his man. He's, he's hyped him up, and he's very excited about him. Uh, and he's a talented young winger. You know, he gives you some op- He gives you that kind of option to play wide in a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. Um, so I think he'll be there, but I think that group is, is pretty set in stone. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're talking about, um, you know, defenders versus midfielders, how many do you bring? Um, you know, while I did have 11 defenders listed, you can, you can definitely argue that Fabian Johnson would, would, can be considered a midfielder as well. Uh, just because, you know, he obviously, Klinsman, uh, rates him as a winger. And for me, if Tim Chandler's on this team and Tim Chandler, if he's in the camp and he looks really good, I think that increases the chances we see Fabian Johnson in the midfield just because, you know, Chandler can do what Johnson, you know, Chandler at his best can do the, do a lot of the things Johnson can do as a fullback. So, I, again, I really like Chandler. Now, if there's something that we don't know about Chandler, if him and, if Klinsman really hasn't completely bought into the idea of bringing him back, or if he's not really close to international match fitness, uh, maybe he gets left off. But, you know, I really hope we get a chance to see him in camp and he gets his chance to show why he should be there. You and I did have a few discussions on certain players. I had Brad Davis called in. He's in great form right now for the Houston Dynamo, and he has been called into camps recently, but you did not have Brad Davis. I mean, is there any chance, Ivis, that he could be called into camp? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I think there's a chance. I don't. I didn't project him on there. For me, that I, that was kind of my last co- my coin toss. Uh, I had the kind of coin toss between Timmy Chandler and Brad Evan, uh, Brad Davis for me, um, just because you know what Brad Davis has as much as he showed some good things last year uh, in qualifying. Uh, his last few games, he just really didn't look good. He looked really he looked lost. To be honest with you, a lot of turnovers, uh, a lot you know some seriously inconsistent play. And so from that standpoint, I, you know, I'm not I wasn't sold on him. And, you know, he is he has looked good since he's returned now. 
uh, from injury. He missed three games in April, and he's been back now. He's helped them kind of turn things around. The uh, the RSL match this weekend, notwithstanding, uh, he's a quality player, no doubt about it. I just, I just, the, there are things that I saw from him in the in the games this year that 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 make me think, you know what? He's just not someone you're going to put on the field against top competition. If he struggled against a team like you know South Korea's B team. Uh, what's he going to do against the likes of Portugal and Germany? So from that standpoint, I, I think I think someone like Julian Green is more likely to be an option off the bench as a winger than than Brad Brad Davis. So that's why. And and with all all that said, I still had to be a coin toss between Chandler, uh, Timmy Chandler, and Brad Davis for that thirtieth spot. Let's just say. So you know what? You could go either way with that, and uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see which way Klinsman goes. Another guy too is uh, Danny Williams, who who I kind of have as as one of those other guys, you know, kind of right there on the fence. You know, obviously he's been a little banged up, but I mean, any chance that he may get called in or 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 his his lack of playing time over the last few weeks kind of really deter his chances. It's really unfortunate when you think about Danny Williams because the guy was having a really good year at Reading, then he gets called in to the game against Ukraine, and apparently he hurts his knee in that game. He returns to Reading. He's injured. He's been in and out of the lineup. He missed the last few games of the season. They ended up missing the promotion playoffs, and and, you, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, man, things went south in a hurry with him. Uh, the tough part for him is not only did he miss those games uh, and and kind of you know fall out of the picture in a way, but, I mean, the in the midfield right now you have Jermaine Jones, Kyle Breckham, and Marisa Du all pretty locked in now as options as defensive defensive midfield options and, and I just don't see him breaking into that group. And who knows if he's how healthy he is. I mean he 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 had knee issues since that Ukraine game. Um and you wonder how healthy he is. And I, if he had got if he had not gotten hurt, I absolutely would have liked him to to challenge uh Maurice Du and uh, I'd say Maurice Du more likely, but him to challenge Maurice Du uh for a spot in this camp. But you know what? Given the the uncertainty about his knee and his lack of playing time down the stretch, I'm going to have to go Marisa Du. And then we move up to the forward position. I think we are in the same page on this one. This is like the goalkeepers. It's kind of a no-brainer. Heading into camp, we have Josie Altidore, Chris Wondolowski, Aaron Johansson, Terrence Boyd, Eddie Johnson, and Juan Agudelo for Jurgen will be called in. Ivis, safe to say all these guys will get called in? Well, if they go six forwards, I think that's your six forwards, right? I mean, uh, Eddie Johnson started... Uh, against the union so he he kind of shook off any questions about his injury status he actually i thought he looked all right against philly he had the he really should have had a goal in that game that uh, yeah. it was incorrectly called back and it, it, you know he was he was not offside the goal should have stood and and you know it's it's interesting when you think about it between that goal that was disallowed and then the goal against mexico it's how different would people's perceptions of eddie johnson and his form be if the goal against Mexico had stood, and if the goal against the Union had been allowed, has been had been allowed, all of a sudden you're looking at Eddie Johnson in a lot different light. So I, I'm not as down on Eddie Johnson as some people are. You know, I've I, I've I've seen him with DC this year, and I think even though he doesn't have a goal, he's done a lot of a lot of dirty work for them. He's done a lot of the kind of you know heavy lifting in the midfield, uh, be, being that kind of target forward for them. And, and Fabian Espindola is getting all the goals, but Eddie Johnson put, is putting in the work there. So. I, not to say I think he's going to be on a World Cup team, but I definitely think he'll be at the camp. Well, Ivis, man, I think we're going to get a hundred percent on our prediction. Uh, well, well, we don't, we don't have this. We can't both get a hundred percent because we disagreed on uh, 
John Brooks, I think our John Brooks versus Brad Davis. Was yeah, what that I was the biggest. I think that was the biggest uh, one we disagreed on. But everything else, though, I mean, we're on the same page. I mean, if we get what ninety eight percent, I'll be good with that. <laughs> I don't know if that number is possible, uh, but yeah, I think if uh, I I can't, I, I would be shocked if 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 you know more than like I, I think I'm going to get like twenty seven out of thirty, maybe twenty eight. Um, if I can't imagine seeing less than that, and I think a lot, I think a lot of these, a lot of the picks are pretty, pretty straightforward. I think that the players that are kind of on the fringes for most people are Reem, Chandler, um, Brad Evans. And, no, I don't know if any, well, you know what? If if you realistically look at how Klinsman rates these guys, mm-hmm. it, it's a big jump to go from he's your regular starting right back up, you know, up until earlier this year to not even on the squad. So. If it's, it, it, you know, having said that, if it was me picking the squad, I probably don't bring them. But we're right now we're talking the projections we're for just so people are clear, the projections we're making right now are not who we'd like to bring. This is who we think Klinsman will bring. So you know, and not to say it's all that different. I mean, because you know, I, I understand these picks and, and why he likes these guys, and, and they're, they're pretty un, they're pretty easy to understand. I always find it funny when I see these people who have like the most absurd projected rosters of of the guys that they would like and it's always these like you know teams stacked with flair players and 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 people who who are like technical but can't really get the job done on the international level and it's just like this pipe dream 11s is like is what I like to call them and and you know it always it's always funny to me to see see how some people construct these teams um but the players that we've mentioned th- those are the players that are going to be in the running could we see a complete wild card out of the blue like a deandre yellen for example uh, <laughs> no he did, know, he should not be called in well listen after the game he just had this weekend absolutely not but you know what stranger things have happened there could be at least one wild card which is why i say i'm not sitting here saying i'm thinking i'm gonna get 30 for 30 i think i i'd be i i'd say 27 to 28 I, I i'd be pretty happy with um and but i i i've seen this enough times to know we're probably going to see at least one kind of head scratcher or one like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming pick. Any young guys? I mean, maybe like, uh, you know, Harrison Ship or Patrick Mullins who are on fire right oh, now? come settle down. <laughs> Ara, you know what? No, neither, you're not seeing either of the rookies. You know, pa- Patrick Mullins is doing well. He just came back. He's not an international level player. Not know, right I'm, now. I'm teasing, Ivis. Come on. Harrison Ship for you know for the Olympics potentially yeah he's got some nice qualities no doubt about it although let's be honest the defending not to jump ahead to the MLS <laughs> thing but the defending on some of those plays uh, on the Harrison Ship hat trick were a little, was a little suspect so not to take too much away from Harrison Ship I've I, I'm I've, apparently from what I've, I'm hearing I've been driving the Harrison Ship bandwagon so it's great to see him have a hat trick no doubt about it but you know what I think I think anyone who watched that game. Uh, you give him his credit, but at the same time, it was like New, York, was, New York's defense was a it was little shocking. slow. A little it was slow. shocking defending by the Red Bulls on some of those plays. So let's get back to the national team. Well, here. I, I think the hardest thing about the national team, Ivis, is, is when you look at the list of thirty players. As, as I said, I mean the, the list is outstanding of guys that they're able to bring in. I mean, if we're having discussion that you know Danny Williams isn't going to be called in, Brad Davis, some other guys. I mean, that just shows how deep this really is. But when you think about it, Ivis, I mean, we're going to have to knock seven guys off this list. I mean that's seven good players who are not going to be going to Brazil, right? No, no question. I mean I'm looking at it right now, and I and I have, I, I have six guys that I've already kind of crossed out for now. But again, that th- things are going to change in this camp. Uh, don't let it, don't let it, you know, 
the, you've got the camp, and then you've got two friendlies before they name the squad. Uh, as far as as far as I I, can, I understand it, it sounds like they're going to name the final twenty three um, after that uh, Turkey game, after the the June first Turkey game. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to name their twenty three on June by June second. So you'd like to think, okay, they play Turkey, and then at, they come out of that game. And then they name their final 23 because, hey, you know what? Something could happen in that game. You could have an injury. Uh, so from that standpoint, you're going to wait till after that game to name your 23. A lot can happen between now and June 1st. So you know what? It, it's not going to be easy to to cross off the guys. And, I mean, I'll tell you right now, looking at my 30 and looking at the guys who I've already kind of – who I, as of right now, have crossed out from my projected 23, I mean – the guy, you know, of the, the the guys that are crossed out, I don't know if any of them are are guys that I would be shocked to see make the twenty three. So I think everyone that is in our thirty uh, would be a sensible pick in, in the twenty three. So that 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 just shows you how much depth there is in this group. Here's two wild cards for you before we move on, Ivis, Edgar Castillo and Sasha Question. I think those could be the two yes. wild cards. No shot, Sasha Question. No shot. Uh, no shot. No, he. You know what? The, he just hasn't played. Uh, for Andre, like he, he's just he's just become. It, it, it's pretty crazy to see uh, to see his kind of uh, stock just plummet. And, and it's interesting. I actually had a Belgian uh, Belgian reporter reach out to me uh, a few weeks back to kind of discuss it and and talk about him. And and, and I and I told him the same thing. I said, you know what? He's not playing regularly at Andre. Uh, he hasn't done much with the opportunities that Klinsman's given him. Uh, and, and hey, the Ukraine game, perfect example. He he was shocking in that game. So he's just not in great form, and he's not playing for his club team, or he he wasn't playing for his club team. Now he's someone who I've always obviously been I, I've been a big supporter of. I've been I, I've 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 called for him to be used for a long a long time, and Klinsman never really gave him much of a chance. And then when he would give him a chance, it'd be in kind of unique roles, not necessarily the quote unquote ideal role for Kleshton. And that's kind of the big question mark with him: what is the ideal role for him? So. Uh, from that standpoint, and I, I don't, I, I just don't see him really having a chance. Edgar Castillo, he's an interesting one. He's a horrendous defender. He's a horrendous, He's not a defender. Let's face it. He's a he's a he's a winger. He's a midfielder. He he's a midfielder uh, disguised as a defender. Um, he, it, it, I'm sorry. I don't know. You can't bring him. You cannot bring him to Brazil with the the intention of playing him as a left back. You can't do it. He will get eaten alive. And for me, when you look at these other names that we've we've mentioned here, Fabian Johnson, Demarcus Beasley, Michael Parkers, Timmy Chandler, every single one of those guys, I would play at left back ahead of Edgar Castillo. I would play Tim Ream ahead of Edgar Castillo at left back. Tim Ream got games at left back for Bolton this year. So, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, would it shock me if he made the thirty? No, but it, it'd be a little worrisome because you know what? Like, I just don't see what why you're even looking. You know why? Like I know he look. I know he starts at Club Tijuana, but again, the, what they what they ask of him in that it, it, on that team is different. Uh, the defensive responsibilities just really aren't there for him. He just gets forward at, at will. Uh, I I don't. I, you know what? For me, I think he has somewhat of a chance, but I just think there are other better options. I agree, but hey, we could, we could see some wild cards, Ivis. It might be oh, one. I think, it might I think be two. So. Well, hey, you know what? Yellen is someone that that's kind of been some buzz about, and 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 I know, yeah. Again, he's someone who needs to learn. He learn needs to learn to how to like, d- play defense and and not make the incorrect steps and learn how to you know hustle a little more. But we'll, we'll talk about that. He just needs to learn the game. You know, he he's young. He's young. He needs reps, and he and he he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, I know. Uh, 
you know what? He's got a bright future, but I just don't think he's ready. And does that mean he won't get in? I think you know what? I'll put it to you like this. I could see I could see Klinsman, depending on how Klinsman wants to handle this camp, right? If Klinsman's idea of this camp is, okay, I want to bring my twenty three guys, and then I want to bring in maybe some guys who can help give our team certain looks uh in practice, then maybe Yedlin's yeah. useful because Yedlin's such a fast player. That if you put him on kind of the scout team and let him run out, run around and run at people with his pace, then I can understand him getting a spot in the camp because then it's not it's not a case of him challenging for a World Cup place. It's it's him getting uh, the the players ready for the challenges they'll face in the World Cup. And mm-hmm. while he he's not ready uh, to play in games, he he can give he can give a, a teammates a good look just because of his blazing speed. So you know what? From that standpoint, people should think about. That as well as a factor in how he how Klinsman puts this team together. Well, Ivis, I think we need to have a competition. So, fans, if you're listeners, I don't fans sound like an idiot. Listeners, if you're if well, you're listening to the show, but if you want to enter the competition, go to the website soccerbyivis.net. Find this show on on the right hand side where it has all the news and the comments. Submit your thirty man roster. You have to do this before Jurgen names the roster. None of this sneaking in right after or anything like that. The winner, whoever gets the most correct. Ivis has a fabulous prize. And Ivis, what is that prize? <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, I'm looking around here at, at, at SBI headquarters and I'm trying to think what could I give them. Uh, I've got quite a few uh, scar- uh, U.S. national team scarves from the uh, home World Cup qualifiers. So I think I'll give one of those away. Uh, I can't say which one, unfortunately, right now, uh, but I have enough. I, I'm sure I could give one away. Uh, I've got, I've got some multiples from, uh, you know, obviously I was at all the, all the qualifiers. So I've got my share of scarves still in the packaging and I think I, I, I think I could send one off to, to, to one of the lucky, uh, lucky listeners. Yes. And you had to submit 30 names. That's the rule. Not 31, not 32, 30 names before Jurgen does it. Ivis and I will announce whoever won on the next show. So submit the comments. Well, now, on the so, what, so what's the contest is that whoever has the best list. Or whoever beats us, they have to beat us. They have to beat our lists. Our list? I was yeah. just doing it because you want to do our list. Your list or my list? Because I mean, I think my list is better than yours. So, <laughs> yeah, you like All that? Right. Yeah, I know you like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? All right, fine. The best list that's submitted will do that. Yeah, whoever has the most, the most correct. Because we, you know, because you and I could crap the bed, you know, and get like only twenty two names right. Yeah, uh, that's not. <laughs> that's definitely not. <laughs> we'll, we'll do whoever's the most, but but you and I will go through, and if there's, I'm sure some people will tie. You know, we'll we'll choose out of a hat or something like that. But we'll announce it on the next show. I was trying to put a wrap on the U.S. men's national team talk. We'll have tons of time to talk about it over the next few weeks. We'll come back later this week. We'll we'll do a show. We'll we'll recap the names of the announcements. Time to move on. Uh, combine U.S. men's national team with our next conversation. Major League Soccer reports look like it has that Major League Soccer and the U.S. men's national team TV deal will finally be completed after months of negotiations on Monday. Ivis, this is great news. Hopefully the league makes a little bit more money off the TV deal, and uh, it's nice to see them uh, signing you know, pen to paper and getting it done. Right. I mean, this has such, been such a pro- prolonged uh, negotiate, negotiation process. Uh, for those who haven't heard, ESPN and Fox Sports and Univision are going to be the networks for the U.S. national team and MLS uh, through 2022. Uh, this, uh, the New York Times is reporting late Sunday evening uh, that the deal will be through 2022. Uh, th- this deal has taken so long to finalize. 
these these have been the uh, networks that have been in play uh, since going back to January, and they had agreed in principle back in January uh, on the parameters of a deal, but. Obviously, a lot of things have changed. There was a lot of wrangling going on on, on trying to get some concessions and trying to get some, uh, you know, some things hammered hammered down that you know MLS wanted. Obviously, based on the reports from New York Times, uh, it sounds like we're going to finally have some regular schedule times for games, uh, and it sounds like we're going to potentially have a Friday night, a regular Friday night game, and regular Sunday. Uh, time slots, which is great because mm-hmm. you know you, you want to be able to know. Okay, there's going to be games showing this day at this time every single week on national television. Uh, in the past, it's been all over the map. You never really know what time or what day uh, networks are going to show games. So I think that's going to I think that's going to come in handy, and I, I think that'll help build the audience. And and as far as the money goes, it remains to be seen how much money is involved, but it. it all signs have pointed to it being a much larger deal than the previous one. So you like to think that that's going to tr- you'd like to hope that that trickles down uh, to the to the salaries and, and that helps the uh, the collective bargaining agreement negotiations uh, go a little more smoothly this time around. Obviously, last time around, you know, things were really contentious and, and, and you know, it looked like things were going to get really ugly. Uh, I still think that's going to happen this time around. I still think there's going to be a battle. Uh, a tooth and nail fight to to try to get as much as as, as the players can get, uh, how, as much of a cut as they as they can get out of it. But uh, hopefully, there's more money to go around this time. Well, I also hope that the uh, TV schedule has the flex scheduling, so we don't get uh, no offense like uh, Houston versus Chivas USA in prime time, like late in the season that we saw last year. What is that? What are you hating on Houston? I'm not Houston. hating. I'm just pointing something out, Ivis. You know, remember at the end of last year, we had a couple games that teams were not involved in the playoff race. They're on national TV. Hopefully they uh, they correct those issues with this new TV deal. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sorry. Heard. Those are the first two teams that came to my mind. I'm sorry, Houston and Chivas USA. It's okay. I, I apologize. Just, just you hate those teams. It's okay. You know, the truth comes out. So. Well, you hate DC and Dallas. So you know what? There's teams we hate. There's teams we love. Oh my that's just Lord, the way it works. That's hilarious. I do not hate any team in MLS. Stop it. Someone did back me up. Someone said that that some DC fan did thank me for supporting them because you hate on them all the time. So you're welcome, DC fan. I forget who you were. <laughs> Oh my lord, this is hilarious. Um, no, you know what? No, again, I'll say it once. I'll say it a million times. I don't hate any I, team. I know. Come on, people listen to the show. They know that we're goofing around. No, I know. I know. But hey, there's some people who honestly think that. They honestly think like I hate DC. I hate, you know, I hate uh, FC Dallas. I love this team, that team. It's like get it. It's like Portland. Portland. <laughs> I don't have a cough uh, button. We need cough buttons for this show. That that's the biggest problem facing the show right now. Funny. You're killing me today. No, but you know what? What, the, what were we even talking about? The, the flex scheduling. Hopefully, oh, they. You know what? Oh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, you want to you want the important games uh, at the end of the year. You want to have the games that have the real playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to have your your rivalry matchups if you can have them. But at the end of the year, they're gonna they're obviously gonna be some matchups that that could determine the playoffs and. You want to see those on TV, on national television. Yeah, well, we'll find out more about that deal later this week. I have this time to go into our MLS Week 10 Weekend Rewind. First game I'm looking at, very exciting if you're a New England fan. Uh, they defeated the Seattle Sounders 5-0. to zero. Seattle was coming off a midweek game, but New England, man, Ivis, they just hammered Seattle down the left-hand side. We talked about it. Dunder Yedlin did not have a good game, but, I mean, nothing to take away from New England. They looked fantastic in this game. Patrick Mullins, Ivis, 
I mean, you talk about him up top. He's looking great for them. Diego Fagundes had a breakout game in New England. I mean, it's it's slowly been coming. And to have a 5-0 victory over Seattle, huge, huge victory for them over the weekend. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, and this isn't a, it's not like it came out of the blue. New England came into this match on a four-match unbeaten streak. They were 3-0-1. They had that really good win in Toronto. And it's been building for them. It's been building for them. Uh, you know, and and the the crazy part is the fact that Kellen Rowe has been injured. Uh, Jose Gonzalez is in the witness protection program, apparently. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, he's he's injured, quote unquote, injured. Um, but you know, without those two guys, they they're they're doing great. They're doing great, and and they just destroyed uh, Seattle. And I know I don't remember who it was, but I know someone said New England was going to win this game. I can't remember. I think we were I, said, have to I said that too. Did I not? I don't remember what you said. I know what I said, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, I know. See, I know some. I know some Seattle fans will point to the fact that, you know, they this was their third game in nine days. They had multiple, you know, consecutive cross country flights. And does that stuff factor in? Yes. Does the does, does that lead to some fatigue? Yes. But you know what? That is not an excuse to get destroyed the way they got destroyed. And credit to New England because uh, it was a combination of things. It was a tired team. And it was also an opponent that took full advantage of a weakness and just kept picking at it, mm-hmm. kept picking at it. They kept going after uh, DeAndre Yedlin's side of the field. And, and it was it, – I mean, I, I can't think of many worse games in, in his young career than he's had. I mean, that had if that wasn't the worst game of his young career, I don't know what was. And you know what? It's a learning experience for him. Uh, obviously, he needs to figure some things out as far as positioning and – and and getting back and knowing when to go and also hustling back when uh, off of set pieces there was one of the Fagundes goals you know he was caught on the opposite side of the field after a corner when he had plenty of time to get back into position but he kind of lollygagged it uh, back and got caught out and then he gets yanked in the 60th minute so obviously Siggy Schmidt saw what we saw but you know what you're gonna have games like this so yep. this is this isn't there's no panic button time in Seattle. There's no, you know, oh, this is the real Seattle. But I said it last show. You know what? They had they had really kind of lucked out in these last couple games where, you know, they didn't start off so well and they didn't get punished. And then they were able to kind of turn it on against weaker opponents. New England obviously is on much better form mm-hmm. than FC Dallas or or their Philadelphia have been in these recent games against Seattle. So it was just kind of that perfect storm of New England really being on good form and being and being well suited to take full advantage of Seattle's flaws well, in this game. Well, in New England is a New England, excuse me, is a tough team at home. I guess this is their fourth clean sheet at home this season. And I think more importantly, as we said, and this is you know not to dog on Seattle, as we said, I mean they came off three days. They're playing a really motivated New England team that was that was equally. Uh, in greatest form as Seattle, but but the one thing with New England, Ivis, that we've seen over the last few weeks is just that Jay Heaps has done a really good job putting guys in roles and really kind of looks like they've overcome that loss of Juan Agadello up top. I mean, Teal Bunbury, Ivis, has looked good over the last couple of weeks, looked great on the wing in this game. As I said, Patrick Mullins, I mean, he's creating a lot of problems for teams up top, and it just seems like New England, man, they, they just they found the right formula. It took them a little while, but they finally figured it out. Right. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see over time if if this is going to be able to maintain. But I mean, there's there's several players who are, who are doing really well for them right now. Lee Wynn is is probably playing the best of all of them. Uh, and then in the back, obviously, AJ Soares and and uh, Andrew Farrell have, have formed a really good partnership in the back. And then, as you said, Mullins and then Bunbury, 
have really stepped it up, and, and it's just and for me, and the, the the kind of un unsung guy out of the group is Andy Dorman, and I've said for a while, and I said early on in the season that New England's one of New England's issues was that was not having a, de, a true defensive midfielder, someone who could really lock things down. Uh, and help the defense and and Dorman is is he a pure defense midfielder no but he is getting the job done you know he is putting himself in good positions breaking things up keeping the ball circulating he is he is turning into the player that they needed in that position and you know uh, uh, two months ago I would have told you they need to go get somebody for that position uh, uh you know in the summer window but I tell you what right now the way Dorman is playing he is fitting that role perfectly and if he can keep that level up this New England team, there's no telling how far this team can go. Another high-scoring game from the weekend was Chicago Fire. New York Red Bulls, they combined for nine goals, two hat-tricks. I believe I saw a stat. It was the first time in league history, Ivis, that, that there were two hat-tricks in a single game. Look, you, you can say that, that, that New York wasn't really happy with the officiating after the game, but, I mean, New York did not did not have their best game. The defense was a little slow in this game. And the Chicago Fire, if you watch the second half, they just gave it to New York. Just tons of pressure. Really forced New York into a couple mistakes. And the Fire, they earned the first victory of the season. Took them nine, nine matches, Ivis. Finally get the first victory of the season in New York. Big victory for them. Right. I mean, to see their attack just destroy the Red Bulls the way they did. I mean, it was a little it was, it was a little stunning, to be honest, because not that the Red Bulls are a defensive juggernaut, juggernaut, but they just, some of the mistakes that they made were just shocking. And credit to the fire, they took full advantage, and Harrison Ship absolutely took full advantage. Now, yes, I will say that first goal, for me, should have been, a, uh, should have been an offside call. Mm-hmm. Because for me, Mike McGee interfered with the play. No, he didn't touch the ball. But he, you know what, if Luis Robles is there and he has to deal with this cross – and Mike McGee is coming at him. How is that not an active offside call? Now, for me, they blew the call. But you know what? You have to keep playing. And the Red Bulls kept playing. They yeah. responded like a minute later. The response was great. Yeah, they tied it up. So you know what? That you know what? You can point back to that and and, and say what you want. But the Red Bulls defense just fell apart in the second half, and Harrison Ship just made him look silly. It was unbelievable how his quickness in those tight spaces and and uh, you know he just he just made him look silly. Uh, and credit to him, outstanding game for him. Uh, and you know what? He, 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 I'm just going to start. I'm just going to name the rookie of the week award after him at this point because he's won it so many times. Uh, obviously, he won it again this week. Uh, but yeah, the fire. You know, they've been in every game. And the, the, and and you know what's funny? It's going to get. It's kind of going to get lost in this because they won this game. But their defense is still an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what? You won. Yes, congratulations. You won. You, it's good to get your first win. But you still gave up four goals and. Uh, you know, Frank Gallup, they, he made a change there. He brought in Patrick Ayani. Uh, Baki Sumari was listed as as being out due to illness. I, I, I'd wonder about that one. And as we've seen in MLS through the years, you know, you'll have players that suspiciously get illnesses and then suddenly get traded days later. Wouldn't shock me if that's the situation there. Uh, I think they might be t- they might be ready to shake some things up. But you know what? The Ani Kennedy Hurtado uh, ma- pairing didn't exactly light it up either. Hurtado got embarrassed on a couple of plays as well. So I don't know if it's easy to say, oh, Baki Sumari was the problem or one or the other. I've said it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Hurtado, Sumari, for me, just don't work as a tandem. But now you have Sumari sit out of game and they still give up four goals. And you had to ask yourself, who's the issue? Who's the problem? Is it Sumari or is it Hurtado? So that's something to keep an eye out. But we'll keep it positive with the fire. They score five goals. Harrison Ship's looking like a star. And Quincy Ameriquat 
just keeps on rolling. He just keeps on getting it done. Uh, looks like he's ready to run away with with the most improved player award, the award that MLS doesn't give away, but SBI gives away. And right now, for me, he's the front runner. Yeah, he had a very good goal in this game. The other thing to take from this game, Bradley Wright Phillips, Ivis. I mean, another hat trick for him. That's eight goals in four games for him. I mean, is there anyone hotter in the league right now than him? I mean, it's it just the last four games, Ivis. He's just been unstoppable. Well, he's he's done great, no question. But what people need to realize is. Terry Henry is, is doing a lot of it. A, a, a fabulous player, and you can if you're a halfway serviceable forward, you can shine playing next to Terry Henry, and we've seen it through the years. Luke Rogers, uh, Kenny Cooper, even Fabiana Spindola being miserable and, and whatever, still put up you know what is it eight or nine goals? He put up I believe uh, ten goals last year. It was a ten. Yes. I thought it was nine. Well, ten even better. So you know what? <laughs> it's you know if you're if you're decent. You're going to do all right next to Terry Henry because he creates so many chances uh, for his strike partners. Now, credit to Wright Phillips. He is finishing at an impressive rate. He is putting chances away. These are not all sitters. These are not all tap-ins from the six. He, he's, he's scoring some decent goals in there. Uh, and he's looking like the guy that they needed, that they wanted. But you know what? You have to look at the whole picture and look at the issues in the back and ask yourself what's going on there. Is this a one-off, uh, a one-off issue where they give up five goals like that? Or is this... Something to be worried about going forward. And now, keep in mind, Roy Miller is about to leave uh, to join Costa Rica for their their national team camp. And for me, Roy Miller has been one of the best left backs in the league this year. And I know I know some people will be shocked to hear that because of his you know past playoff uh, meltdowns and the like. But the guy has been one of the best fullbacks in the league. You could even argue he's been the left best left back in the league. Uh, I think him, Setsunovich. There, there's a few. There's a couple of guys in there, but he's in the conversation, and they're gonna miss him. And, you know, if they're really calling on Bobby Conby to be the answer, a guy who's not really been a left back in his career, uh, things could get things could really start to get ugly with that defense. Uh, you were right. Fabian Espindola did have nine goals. So come on, man. I thought it was 10. My bad. <laughs> I was going to say like 10 goals. I would remember that. That's, uh, also, uh, after the game, uh, Harrison Shipp took to Twitter and had a little bit of a uh, little, little confidence. I was, did you see what he said on Twitter after the game? I retweeted it. It was nice. I like that. You know, you talk about all the time how the league, you know, maybe needs some young guys to kind of have a little bit of personality. I'm, he did delete that tweet, but uh, no, but you know what's funny? Nice, you know, I, I now, like that confidence. Thing. I mean, he's a young guy, got a hat trick. Of course, he's going to be like, look at me. I see nothing wrong with that. No, but he. What, what was so bad though? Like, it, it, I, the thing is, it depends how you read that, and depends on what you like, what you think you, his reputation is. Like, I've only heard good things about him as being kind of like a quiet kid like a you know respectful kid and so it's like was he trash talking or was he genuinely trying to be nice like or you know was he being sarcastic <laughs> for those who didn't see the tweet it was something like a, a you know uh, well, uh, i can hey, read it right now do you want me to read it it says sorry to ruin your evening red bulls fans with like a smiley face to the side i'll try to be more courteous next time huge first win of the season rolling from here then hashtag cf97 yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing at all. Like, I like that. That's like, good. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Like, you know what? That's not trash talking, folks. I'm sorry. That's not even close to trash talking. That's, uh, you know, if that if that passes for trash talking, in then it just shows how how bad MLS how weak MLS's trash talking game is. It wasn't that bad. I don't, and I don't know if anyone even got offended by that because I I actually retweeted that and and I, I there were a few Red Bull fans who were like you know what they they respected it like what can you say the guy just lit you up for three goals and one assist he can say what he wants right he can pretty much say what he wants 
uh, you know what? He, if, if you if you walk it, you can talk it. So that he, and he did that. So there you go. Plus, he's a young kid. You you, you got you know you hey. As a player, young guy, you want that confidence. You want him to be cocky because you know what? If you're a Fire fan, you're happy with the first win, but you still know that there's a lot of work to be done to turn the season around, though. And to have that, you got to love it. Yeah, you need Harrison Ship to play uh, play some defense for them because their defense is, is the – you know what? Their attack, they have the attack to be a playoff team. With When you think about McGee, uh, Harrison Ship, America playing the way he's playing, uh, Niarco. They've got some nice pieces there, but uh, their defense is what's that. That's the anchor. That's what's weighing them down. So we'll see what they do this summer, and we we'll see if they can stay close to the pack and and make some changes because they with the way they're constituted right now as a team, it's not good enough to to get to the playoffs. Uh, Real Salt Lake defeated the Houston Dynamo on the road. The final score in that one was another high scoring game. Uh, I was that game was oh my gosh, I, I, I five to two. Excuse me, we also like defeated Houston. This is kind of an interesting match because Houston did go down did go down a man early on in the match, but Houston they had a lot of chances, a, a missed PK, a few bad mistakes, and I mean Houston, all that really destroyed them was a few mistakes. But I, I guess the one thing from this is. Good teams find ways to win, and Real Salt Lake is a very good team, and they punished Houston for those mistakes, and they beat them 5-2. However, Javier Morales was money in this game, and for Real Salt Lake, Ivis, their winning ways continue. Yeah, they find they find ways to win. I don't know if Houston had like a ton of chances. They had some decent chances, uh, but I, feel, I, I just felt like RSL, uh, they handled that game pretty well. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like they were threatened too much in that game, and, and you know, you like seeing uh, Houston – have another player emerge for them, the rookie Mark Sherrod, who stepped in for, yes. for Will Bruin, who was injured. Uh, you know, it's nice to see him get two goals. Uh, but their defense, you don't see Houston's defense get torn apart at home uh, like they were in this game. And, and credit to Morales. Morales was, was pulling the strings. For me, he's the for me, he was MLS player of the week. I know there's gonna be some there's gonna be a lot of debating because there's all the yet all these hat tricks. And I know Harrison Ship because he's the new guy, he's the rookie. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of people are like, oh my lord, this guy. But for me, Javier Morales was the best player in MLS this weekend, mm-hmm. and he got he got it done. From the 16th second on, he scored the 16th yeah. second, the beautiful chip uh, over Tally Hall. And I don't care what I don't, look. I, you know what? If you're going to be one of those guys that does the whole wow, oh, well the keeper should have done better. You know what? I'm gonna smack you because I hate <laughs> the, I hate the goalkeeper <laughs> snobs that never want to give credit to a, a guy who hit who hit a nice ball. He 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 looked up, he saw it, he hit it perfectly. He chipped them. It happens. It happens to the best of them. Perfect example. You know, Gianluigi Buffon, pretty good goalkeeper at Juventus. Clint Dempsey uh, hit the perfect chip yes. in, in, uh, in, in, way back when uh, for Fulham against them. So it happens, and that kind of and, and Morales's goal actually kind of reminded me of that Dempsey goal. Uh, but that was just the beginning for him. I mean, he had a, he had the great pa- the great through pass uh, on the assist, mm-hmm. uh, and then he had another ni- a nice goal on a volley. Yes, he did have a PK, but you know what? As an overall game against a team that's a normally stingy defensive team, uh, hat, you got to give your hats off to RSL. They just keep on doing it. Yeah, the PK was strange. A very untally hall moment where he just didn't collect the ball. But you did mention the the assist that he had. I mean, Luke Mulholland Ivis has been a fabulous pickup for Real Salt Lake. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Another another Garth Lagerway special. And, uh, you know he he uh he just gets it done man he just Garth Lagerway is the best for me he's the best GM in the game uh it, it, he just keeps finding these gems and uh and he's a big reason 
uh, why they they are where they are right now. And hey, look, you want to give Jeff Kassar credit as head coach. He's he hasn't lost a match yet as, as since taking over for for uh, Jason Christ. But you know what? The, the, this roster, and, and you know what? Now we're really going to see it tested, right? Because we talk about it all the time. RSL's depth. Garth Lagerwey does a great job, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Now you're talking Kyle Beckerman, Nick Romando, Alvaro Sabario, all gone um, for the World Cup. And, and that's, that's a lot of guys. So we're going to see who steps up uh, to, fill, to fill those voids. Yeah. Oh, RSL's the debt, man. They, they, this is why it's nice that they're off to this nice start, Ivis, that if they do take a step back – they're off to you know they've done so well that I'm not you know Arsenal fans they want to keep keep doing well but you know you, things like this you look back on and say thank God we got off to a good start another game Portland hosting LA Galaxy I gotta say in this game Galaxy were all over Portland the one thing Galaxy couldn't do is score we talked about this on the last show Galaxy someone needs to start scoring for them they did get a goal late from Ravi Keane but they let in a late equalizer and Portland. It just an, another not impressive showing for them. Galaxy very frustrated from this match, but Portland Ivis. I mean, as much as they had that victory last week, it just it doesn't seem like it's clicked yet for them. No, I, I don't. I agree. I don't think it has. And um, you know what? Getting a point uh, against a really good team like LA, you, you're going to come away with that and not be too upset, uh, especially in a game where, like you said, LA LA was the better team. LA had the better of the play. Uh, and when you look at the chances overall in the game, you know, L.A., LA you know what, they, they, they had the better match. Uh, so if you're Portland and you can come away with a point from that, you, you're going to take it. You know what? Um, let's At this point, it's clear this Portland team has not found that rhythm of last year. And they know it. And, and I'm pretty sure their front office and, and Caleb Porter, they're aware. And there are already reports. There are already rumblings about changes on, afoot and, 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 you know, players coming in and players going out. Um, they're going to be some. They're going to be some changes there. Uh, no question about it. They're going. They're going to shake some things up. They're not happy. I know. I know. I'm, I know for a fact. Caleb Porter is not happy with with what's going on there, and um, they're not going to sit by and 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 just be okay with what what they've seen. I think they're going to make some changes. They're going to go get a forward. I, I would not be surprised if they go get a center back. So you know what? They tried a few things. They brought in some guys, and if it, if it doesn't work, you gotta just keep. You gotta make changes. And and Portland is a team that uh, I don't think they're gonna be afraid to shake things up. Yeah, they're gonna need to. I mean, the one thing, the one player that at least is having a good game for them was Donovan Ricketts, who who you know J- Donovan Ricketts was lights out in this game. I mean, if he did not have the game, he had Ga- Galaxy would have had a couple goals. So as long as Donovan Ricketts keeps performing at the level he's at, he will at least keep Portland in matches for the remainder of the season. Well, that's the thing. Early in the year, he, he he wasn't in top form, and earlier in the year, I thought he he was. Having uh, having a few shaky games, so if you're a Portland fan, you have to feel good about him looking a little more like you know last year's goalkeeper of the year mm-hmm. uh, because they need that because their defense is not that good. They're, I mean, their defense is not a lockdown, uh, one of the best in the league type defense. They're kind of a serviceable defense, a, a decent defense. Uh, and, and you know what? Credit to him this game because you know what? Without him, they would have definitely. Uh, I think it could have gotten ugly. Uh, in the Eastern Conference showdown, DC defeated the Philadelphia Union on the road. Chris Rolf had a very nice goal in this one. Uh, I was Philly is now on a nine-match winless streak. Their back line is a mess. Some fans were chanting the you know fire Hackworth. Players defended him, but Ivis clock is ticking on Philadelphia. What do they need to do? You know what? I, I'm at a loss. Really, I'm at a loss because 
I think everyone knew what this match meant. Everyone, I, I think everyone in the union locker room was aware that the eight matches, eight matches without a win is unacceptable. You're at home against a, a, a rival, and and then they played a flat game. They just didn't come. They didn't bring it. Considering everything that was on the line, considering the fact that their coach is absolutely facing pressure for his job, you would you would think that they would have stepped up and just really put on a game. And they didn't. And I don't. They just didn't do it. They didn't do it. They they started flat. DC, you know what? Yes, was there kind of a fortunate bounce falling to Chris Rolfe on a deflected cross? Sure. But guess what? Philly just the union didn't in the first half of that game. They didn't show much. Now they got better in the second half. Yeah, much better in the second half. And and Bill Hamid made some big saves for them. But you know what? You have to make plays. The union did not make plays, and 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 that's the thing. They can knock it around all they want. Christian Maidana could, could, you know what? They could, they could do the passes here and there, but you need the finish. You need to find the net, and you need to avoid the mistakes. And 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 the funny thing is, in this one, you know, it, it ended up being a one-zero game. The one goal comes on a deflected cross that falls right to Rolf, who just it, strikes it perfectly. You can definitely our question: Why was he so wide open? Uh, and. and so that so once again, like all it takes is one breakdown, and, and they just haven't had those games where their defense pitches a shutout, where the defense avoids those mistakes. And let's face it, they could, it could have been worse. It could have been two 0 Eddie Johnson had a goal uh, disallowed that shouldn't mm-hmm. have been disallowed. He was onside. That should have been two 0 And then there was another play where Austin Berry chests the ball right into the path of Fabian Espindola, yes. and he dead the rights. He could he could have finished that. That could, so it could have been three 0 So uh, it, it's a tough one between. The defense continuing to make these mistakes and the attack just not producing. Uh, you throw your hands up. And, you, and and John Hackworth, I mean, he can only do so much, right? He's he's tried some things. He's tried to shake some things up. I know some people will say, well, maybe you shouldn't have traded Jack McInerney because uh, Andrew Winger hasn't hasn't exactly lit it up. Meanwhile, McInerney is scoring goals. Uh, well, he, he's, he had the one in his first game, but then he also now scored in the Canadian Championship as well. Um, who knows, right? Who knows if McInerney would be scoring goals if he still was in Philly. But I, I don't know how much longer Hackworth has, honestly. I, going into this D.C. game, I would if you would have asked me, is he gone? If he loses, I would have said yes. Uh, but we'll see. You know, there's nothing right now. I've, uh, as far as announcements, I haven't heard any rumblings. But he can't have much longer unless unless they t- start winning some games. And, yep. and there's, their schedule is not going to get any easier. This was kind of probably the game that was there for them. So, you know what? I don't know who's going to take over, but at a certain point, the players just have to step up. Yeah, the union, the union, well, the union backline is just—it's just a mess, and it allows teams like DC just to kind of pressure them, run wild all over them. And the positives from the match, Ivis, DC, three more points for them. And, and, and look, it's still early in the season, but Ivis, they're third place in the Eastern Conference, three points off first place, Sporting Kansas City in the New England Revolution. DC, Ivis, quietly having a very good season. I wouldn't say very good. I'd say good. They're exceeding expectations. But let's like I don't think anyone would deny, and I don't even think Ben Olsen would deny that they're winning they're winning they're winning ugly, right? And I know we say it all the time, good teams find a way to win. Yes, they do. No no, no doubt about it. But at a certain point, good teams also show their top form, their top quality. And I still don't think we've seen that yet. Uh, from DC, I'm not saying they can't produce it. And I don't know people say, "Oh, what about the FC Dallas?" But yeah, the FC Dallas game they were losing before the red card. FC Dallas completely crapped the bed after the red card. I want to see DC in a game, 90 minutes, really show some quality 
and beat an opponent, no questions asked, um, by a comfortable margin. And I'll tell you what, this game, they did impress me. Uh, defensively, they were very organized. But the second half, you know what? Bill Hamid, he had, he had to bail them out. Bill Hamid stepped up with some big saves for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the union really played well, but they couldn't finish. So, you know what? Credit to DC, credit to Ben Olsen. They're finding ways to win. Um, but you know what? Once they start going up against these better teams, is that going to really be enough? I don't know if it will be. Including that triple save where Danny Danny Cruz ran in like at a million miles an hour and just like did like a somersault in the box. That Danny Cruz, man, he's he's too much fun to watch sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, here we go. So for DC, their next couple games, they got they got Montreal, and then they got Houston, and and those games are you know what? Those aren't like really like monster games, but then you get. New England, Sporting Kansas City uh, at the end of the month. And those games, those are going to be – You let's talk after those two games where D.C. is, where they stand, and, and, and that we'll get – I think we'll get a much better idea of where they are in the pecking order in the East well, after those games. Well, speaking of the Montreal Impact, who D.C. should smoke this upcoming weekend, they lost to Sporting Kansas City 0-3 to at home. A red card did not help them. And it was like a slow death from from Montreal. I mean, Sporting Kansas City just just slowly tore them apart. Uh, Dwyer had two goals, had a brace in this game, and uh, Montreal Ivis. I mean, after the game, you know, the, the owner saying, "Oh, we need to make changes." Yo, you should have made changes in the off season, but uh, Montreal, man, season not looking good for them, especially getting shut out at home against Sporting Kansas City. Well, you can't get a red card in like the first six minutes and expect to be in a game with a team like KC. KC is too good a team. Uh, to give them a man advantage, and that's what happened. It ended up being turning into a game keep away uh, for Sporting KC, who dominated the ball after after that with that man advantage. They probably dominate the ball even if it's eleven on eleven. But once once Colin Warner got sent off, uh, it, it 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 was like Chinese. It was the Chinese water torture. It was for Montreal. Sl- slow, painful death. They they knocked it around, and I'll tell you what, man. If you if there were any KC fans in Montreal. The Olays would have uh, warned some people out because I, you know what they they knocked it around at will and, and Montreal didn't really seem to have have the desire to really go for it um, and and you wonder again talking about coaches and and whether or not they're safe how safe is Frank Frank Lobos that's the that's a big question there when you've got Joy Saputo with the ominous tweets about changes yeah. will be made uh, yeah he, he cool story. He, we are, we already know. We already knew that he's like the you know the Al Davis of MLS owners, the, the just the outspoken uh, you know owner who who just likes to shoot his mouth off when things aren't going well. Um, but you know what? As you and I agreed, they didn't do enough in the off season. You can't just bring the same team back that melted down the second half of 2013 and expect a new coach to work magic. Um, so for me, I feel I feel for Frank Lopez for taking over that team and not really being able to do much um to really fix that roster and 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 you know that i think if anything if anything keeps him safe if anything keeps him from getting fired just yet it's that fact that you know what he wasn't given a chance to go revamp that squad he wasn't given the tools to 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 start making some moves obviously he added jack McInerney. that was a big trade for them but their defense is still kind of you know it's clear frank frank lopez is trying to just piece it together throwing pieces here and there and you, and you look at their not, at their lineups in the last few games uh their defense is all over the shop when it comes to you know guys that he's using 
So I don't know, man. I don't. I, I don't. Th- I don't see things getting better there. And and when you've got an owner like Saputo, who seems to be pretty unstable, uh, I don't know <laughs> oh, if he's geez. gonna. I, I, no, I'm just saying, like the guy, you know, he's he's known to have a quick quick trigger finger with with the coaches and stuff. So, I, I you know what, Montreal might go through a couple of coaches this year. May, that remains to be. We'll see. <laughs> I, I I don't know where to lead off on that. Obviously, you said it better than I would have said it. Uh, another game for the weekend: Colorado Chivas USA. I feel bad for Colorado fans. It was snowing. Oh, God, it's like eight. It's oh my God, it's May. It's snowing in May, but Chivas USA. Ivis all over Colorado in this game. Eric Torres scores his eighth goal of the season. And then uh, Marvin Chavez, Ivis, scores a brace against his former team, which I now think most teams will say, I am not going to trade a player three days before we play the team that we're going to trade him to. How does this not, How do they not know this, though? How did the Rapids not know that it was probably not a good idea to trade the guy right before you're going to see him? And I think it's fair. I think most people, you know, based on the reports and what you heard and that Chavez didn't have a good time in Colorado, and it doesn't seem like him and Mastroini got along. Um, so he wasn't happy. He was disgruntled. They got rid of him. And then he sees him three days later. Uh, it's just so fitting that he just tears it up. And, and he wasn't the only one. Martin, Mar- Martin Rivero, another former Rapids player, set up the opening goal. So it was definitely revenge of the former Rapids day. And and I tell you what, he never would have pegged the Chivas, that Chivas USA would be the team to come into Colorado in a snowstorm and beat the Rapids. And they just beat them. They pummeled them. Um, and it, it definitely raises some questions about this Rapids team and, and, and what, you know, how good are they? Uh, they've been really up and down. And you, and you, and you have to, you know, you look at the, their last game. The, and it, to be fair to them, they played on Wednesday. They played against San Jose. But, I mean, I don't know. When you look at a lot of these games, I mean, yes, they beat L.A. They look good. They beat, you know, they beat L.A. and L.A. L.A. In uh, in Colorado, beat them one zero. But other you know, other than that one you know hard fought game against LA, that's their one win in their last five. So there's some questions there, and you wonder you know is Mastroeni does he need to settle on a lineup? Does he need to stop kind of like doing so much roster? I mean, uh, so much lineup shuffling is, is is the team struggling to gain some continuity with all the changes that he's making? That remains to be seen, and these next few games are going to tell us. Well, the next game is going to tell us a lot. They play Real Salt Lake. Uh, their rival, their uh, Rocky Mountain rival. So that's going to be a tough one for them. Uh, San Jose defeated FC Dallas. And if there's a team, Ivis, that needs to hit a weekly reset button, it has to be FC Dallas. On Sunday, they lose to... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, on Sunday, they lose to the New York Red Bulls. Then they lose to the Seattle Sounders on Wednesday. And now they lose to San Jose Earthquakes, even when they had a man advantage. And for FC Dallas, man, just it's just a horrible week for them. That's a bad. That's a bad seven days right there. Three losses in seven days. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just it's a bad awful. week. It's just a bad week. They, they, need, bad. A re- they need to definitely need a reset button. It, it's rage quit time at this point. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing, right? <laughs> rage so, quit. <laughs> no, what? Well, all right. The, I mean, if you're Oscar Pereira, you got to be pulling your hair out because, okay, you you play DC, you get you get a red card, you get blown out. Right then, you play the Red Bulls. You get another red card, but you figure some things out. You you make it a game. You almost pull off the upset. You get a PK saved, uh, but you come away feeling a little better about it. Then you go play uh, Seattle. You get the lead on them. You think, oh, here we are. We might have a chance here, and then you lose. And then you get 
San Jose with a gift. They gift you a red card in the at the end of the first half. Shea Salinas goes in studs up, and yes, it was a red card. And all right, here's my here's my can these can local can announcers stop with the oh well he's a nice guy he didn't mean to cleat the guy in the in the groin. It's like I don't care if you meant it. If you did it, you're guilty. It's a red card. It doesn't matter if you're the sweetest guy in the world. If you put your studs up and you catch an opponent, you are going to the locker room. Like, get it through your head, people. This is just—it's just ridiculous. Some of some of these announcers just kill me sometimes. But FC Dallas, you're up a man for 45 minutes, and you and you can't you know put the pressure on them. I know they're still adjusting to life without Mauro Diaz. But you know what? That's a game. That game was there for them. And I know they were losing 1-0, and San Jose did their did a good job bunkering in and 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 staying organized defensively. But I don't know, man. I, Oscar Pereira, I can't be happy with that. I know they were on the road. I get it. But you gotta you, you need better than that. If you're upper man, you shouldn't be going giving up goals if you're upper man. And that's what happened. They, you know, the a freaky own goal off David Davi Teixeira. It makes it 2-0, and and by then Michelle's free kick, did, you know, didn't really make it didn't make a difference. It made it 2-1, but dude, his that know. free kick was a blazer. Yeah, it was great. But now FC Dallas, you got one, you, you've got five losses in six, and things have gone south in a hurry. Mauro Diaz is going to be gone for a while, and it's time for other guys to step up. Absolutely, it's time for someone else. And I know Danny Garcia, you know. When you're when you're trying to rely on a 20 year old kid to be your the engine of your attack, that's just not fair. It's just not. I don't. He's not that player. He is. He he can he can do. He can show you some flash on the ball, but you know what? He is not the guy. He is not the guy that's going to be your playmaker. He is not. So I don't know what FC Dallas can do uh, between now and and Mauro Diaz coming back. But four losses in five, it's uh, things are starting to get ugly there. Uh, in the final game from the weekend, Vancouver has now extended their uh, undefeated streak to four games, defeating the Columbus Crew, who I was just like that. Columbus, three-match losing streak. I know. Things went south in a hurry for them. They start off 3-0. and They're on top of the world. And look at think about that, right? They're 3-0, and and the third win is in Seattle, right? They get Justin Merriam with the late winner. In Seattle, they're on top of the world. Greg Berhalter is looking like the man. They haven't won since. And it and what does it come down to? I always like th- going back to the beginning of the year when we did our previews, right? Especially when when our our premonitions come true, when our preseason kind of talking points kind of come to light. I said it then, and I'll say it now. They didn't have enough. I said it before the season. They didn't have enough attacking quality. They didn't add enough. You lose an Eddie Gavin to retirement. From a team, from an attack that wasn't that good to begin with, you lose Eddie Gavin, and you don't add really a really quality any quality pieces beyond that. And then, and how do you expect to produce on a regular basis? You can't. It can't be all relying on Federico Iguain. It can't. And, and I think, if anything, people are realizing. Uh, look, Dominic Aduro, you know, God bless the guy. He is fast as can be. But he's not consistent, and he has this history through his career where he'll put together he'll put together a good year, and then he'll just get back go back to his old ways, his, his you know where he's just not productive. And last year, obviously, he had a great year for them, and that gave that was a bit of fool's goal for them. So now, you didn't go really revamp your attack. You lost Eddie Gavin to retirement. Dominic Aduro is back to being bad. Dominic Aduro, 
where the only thing interesting about him is the haircuts that he's trotting out on a regular basis. And what do you do with your attack? They need to go get some players. They need one or two attacking uh, additions. They need they need to add a forward. They because de- their defense is okay. They need to, they need to add a forward, and I think they need one more uh, midfielder. Uh, just because they need so they need some create some quality, they can't just rely on Federico Iguain. He's all, he's alone out there. He's alone trying to create. I don't want to hear about Bernardo Renault. I know he's shown some decent things, but I, you know, Tori Chani is he getting it done? I don't know if he's getting it done. So, Greg Berhalter, time to hit the phones, time to work the scouting systems because you need to upgrade your roster. That is the MLS Week 10 recap. I have time to move on to the Americans abroad. Fabian Johnson had an assist in Hoffenheim's win last game of the season. And Fabian Johnson, Ivis, had a very good season. Yes, yes, he did. And, you know, by all accounts, he's moving on to Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is definitely a step up for him. I still say I would like to have seen him hold off on making a move until after the World Cup. Because you know what? If he has a big World Cup, then what? Right? I mean, he could be selling himself short. Uh, with the group that they're about to play in and with the quality that he has, I think he could have played himself into a much better deal, much better move. But you know what? Born and raised in Germany, Mönchengladbach's a pretty good team. They're a pretty good club. They have a pretty nice history. So, yeah, you know what? He, he's being rewarded for, for, for the, the big year that he had. And he is absolutely going to be a big player for the, for the U.S. national team. In Brazil, uh, John Brooks started in a blowout loss. Ivis uh, clearly he's not a good center back then. Nah, they played Borussia Dortmund. I, I know, I'm, I, dude. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, come on. Hey, we already. Hey, you just crept on on Brooks earlier in the show. You said he shouldn't even be in the camp. So I okay, that has nothing to do with this game. Has everything to do with your comments just now about him not being a good <laughs> you're center so, back? You're so stupid. You hate him. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you hate him because he's really tall, and you're like five four. <laughs> Just be honest. You're so stupid. You're six four. You're five four, and you you know what? you're angry. I'm not. See, you <laughs> keep telling people that I'm that short. And everyone expects me to be that short when they meet me. So they look at me and they're like, "You're really not short." I'm like, "I know, I'm not that short." <laughs> I know, I know. That's hilarious. I hate you. <laughs> but yeah, no. He's he's. You know what? I want to see Brooks in the camp. I want to see him in the send off series uh, to see. You know what? Give people a new impression to, to give because everyone's remembering that Ukraine game and how bad, how bad, badly both he and Gucciniewo did. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. He's finished the year. I, you know, yes, they got blown out against Dortmund, but I still think he finished the year strongly, starting on a regular basis. Uh, Tim Howard posted his 15th shutout of the season for Everton in their uh, uh, final match of the season and a victory over Hull City. And uh, Tim Howard Ivis had a wonderful season for Everton this year. No doubt about it. He uh, 15 shutouts. I believe that's one short of his own career record at uh, at Everton. I think 16 shutouts. Uh, I think he said that earlier in his time uh, at Everton. But yeah, no big year for him. Uh, and obviously, you know, you're, if you're an Everton supporter, you're a little disappointed that you couldn't pull off the 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 unexpected miracle of a Champions League finish. Obviously, that you would love to have seen that. Uh, but hopefully, you know what? They take the next step now. If Roberto Martinez, if he stays put, uh, he's the type of manager that can turn them into a Champions League team. And I think he has that kind of quality. And I think, you know, we'll see what Everton does this offseason, uh, what kind of moves they make, who they sell, who they keep, who they buy. I know Ross Barkley is getting all two sorts of attentions there. Uh, Leighton Baines remains on everyone's shopping uh, wish list as a you know standout left back. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And uh, you know, great season for him and for Everton. 
chance for uh, Tim Howard to win Premier League Goalkeeper of the Year, do you think? Uh, it's a tough one. I, I think Peter Cech's right there. It's uh, so boring yeah. if he wins, though. Yawn. I mean, Tim yeah. Howard's the Hulk. I mean, come on. You got to give it to the Hulk. <laughs> He's the Hulk. I'll tell you what. David De Gea, considering how what a monstrously awful year man you had, David De Gea may, kept, them, kept it from being even worse. So... Uh, I just think if you look at those, you look at the keepers near the top of the. I mean, Joe Hart's not going to win. Um, Mignolet from Liverpool, eh. Uh, Hugo Lloris, Tottenham, eh. Yeah, maybe Tim. You know what, Tim? I'd, I'd say I think Peter Jack would win. I don't know if they named their their their. You know, Premier League eleven yet, but I, I think it would be Czech probably. Also, uh, Aaron Johansson did not dress in Azed's match over the weekend. Cause for concern, Ivis? That's two straight games for him. He missed both legs of the Europa League playoff series uh, against Heronvain, and uh, yeah, it makes you wonder. Uh, well, now because of because of uh, uh, Azed winning that series, um, he's gonna still he's gonna stay with Azed anyway. So he won't be reporting to camp this week like like everyone else or like most. There's, there's a few players who won't be be uh, showing up this week just yet. Uh, but yeah, that that one bears watching because uh, you know we we heard that it wasn't that serious. But you you know you wonder what, why they kept him out this game. And you know what they they had a three zero lead in the first leg, so maybe their manager figured you know what let's rest him, make sure he's healthy. We should be able to hold on to a three nil first leg lead. Let's get him. Let's have him ready for the for the uh, you know the Europa playoff final. And now they're in it. And you know what? We'll see if he gets gets back out there. And with that final topic, it wraps up today's SBI show. Ivis, before we go, as always, we need to uh, do a checks and balance. Do we cover everything we needed to cover from the previous weekend of action? Uh, I think we covered a lot of the topics uh, this week. Obviously, I think we're going to have the midweek show that. We haven't been able to pull off in forever, but obviously with the U.S. roster coming out, we're going to have to have a show. Um, and those for those wondering, I will be heading out to the U.S. training camp, uh, not this week, but next week. I'll be out there. Uh, I'll be heading out Tuesday the 20th. Uh, I'll be spending a week plus, about a week uh, out there. I'll be, I'll be there for the fr- uh, friendly against Azerbaijan as well. So those of you in, Nor- in NorCal in the San Francisco slash Stanford area, uh, SBI will be in the in the house, so uh, you know what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, meeting some some listeners slash readers who you know haven't had a chance to meet before. Since it will be my first time in Northern California, aside from the random San Francisco layovers. I love to, I love that you refer to yourself as SBI will be in the house. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't mean it as as I was calling myself as just the site. End the show. I don't know. I guess. I guess I was referring to myself as well. Yeah, I'm just. I'm sorry. I just. I had to call you out for that one because you call me out. <laughs> you call me out for enough crap, so I, I had to give it to you too. Ah, right, fair enough. Mm. Well, well, people know. People know. Hey, people know me as SBI. That's the funny thing. Well, people know you as a really mean person too. But I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only to you. Only to you. <laughs> well, now. Well, you know what? Now you have a girlfriend, so now you have someone else to be mean to you. So I can be nice. <laughs> what is that? She's nice to me. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good. You know, I, I am learning though that there is a lot more like to do around the house. You know, like dusting. Like, what the hell is dusting? She gets <laughs> obviously me about you that crap. Having visited your previous apartment, I I'm fully aware that you had no idea what that was. That I, was that was a total bachelor pad. 
yeah, it was it was a little it was a little grimy. I know. I felt like cleaning it up, but I was like, mm, "What's the point?" It, it's okay. I didn't think in the, and I'm a guy too. I, uh, trust me. If I if I was not married and uh, my wife wasn't a clean freak, I'm sure I'm sure my uh, my place would not look too clean either. So. Yeah, I, I didn't think my place was that dirty till I moved out, and that's when I was like, "Holy crap, this place is disgusting." Yeah, I mean, all, <laughs> all you need to do is see my car, and you'd see. You know, I have the like. The stereotypical journalist car, where it's just a complete mess. Uh, it's not like hoarder bad, but you know, I do have to clean it every couple of months just to just to be able to deal with it. I see. I try to keep my car clean just from the get go because, like, I don't like build up in my car for some reason. I don't. I don't know why, but I don't know. There's always crap that gets in my car. Like, I can never. I can never be clean. Like, I, I could be wearing like a white shirt and like white pants, like on a beach, and like somehow I'll get like a black stain on my shirt, like out of nowhere. Like I can I never stay clean. Is this the new thing now? Every episode of the show, we have to manage to use the word "beach." <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I didn't <laughs> even think about that. Boy, but no, yeah, yeah, it was funny. No, but yeah, my my car's all, all sorts of. All, it's filled. It's filled actually with empty water bottles and empty uh, protein shake bottles from the from the gym. Now that that I'm kind of semi regularly going to the gym, uh, but I got funny. I got to share this story real quick, even though we're trying to wrap up. So last night I, I go shop. I do some late night shopping uh, for the barbecue that we ended up having. We had a Mother's Day barbecue here at the SBI compound, and and belated Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there who happen to be listening to the show. Um, so I pull, I you know, I pull into my driveway, uh, and all of a sudden I hear like loud screeching that almost sounded like screaming. Right, and I'm like, what the heck is that noise? So I look around and it's mind you, it's like four or five in the morning it's totally pitch dark there shouldn't be any any noise out as it is and there's just like screaming going on i look at my rearview mirror and there is a cat and a skunk locked in a life and death fight literally two feet from the rear bumper of my car and uh, needless to say the skunk was dropping serious odor and i thought i was gonna die i'm in my car I'm I can barely breathe and I'm like this is how I this is how it ends for me. I'm going to die by choking on, you know, skunk fumes and uh so at one point I'm like, "All right, am I going to have to run these two over to get them to stop fighting?" So like I turn the car back on and I'm like, "I'm not really going to run them over." I'm like, you know, I I can't like I have, you know, I I, I I'm super nice to animals. I can't like I can't harm animals. So like that wasn't really an option. So I'm like do I honk my horn? It's five in the morning and four in the morning, whatever it was. Uh, thankfully, they finally stopped fighting, but the smell was still there, and it was the, it was awful. It was awful, man. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was just it just the moral of the story is don't go shopping at four in the morning because you can just end up in these ridiculous situations. I'm checking Google right now to see if you could die from skunk fumes. Yeah, I, you I, I you can't die from it, but. It is not. It does not. It's not great. And you know what was funny about it is apparently, and maybe this is true or not, but this is how it was for me. Like the the smell got in my system so bad that like even after I went inside to my house and, and went in like where I am now, which is like my office, I, I I felt like I smelled it completely, and it was just like I guess it was in my nose or in my like nasal. I thought it was all over me. I thought it was all over my clothes and everything, but it was just oh man, it was unbelievable. It that's was, it was, that's disgusting. It was it was rough, so gross. I don't think I've ever seen a skunk in the wild, and I'm glad I don't. That really, sounds, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if skunks I don't are, think we have them in Arizona. Yeah, I don't know if they're indigenous to, to but yeah, we there there there's a decent, there's a fair number of skunks in the general vicinity uh, around here. So hmm. it's crazy. 
checking right now. Oh, we apparently do have skunks in Arizona. You know, I just I've never seen one. Yeah, I saw you know I saw a fair about a, a fair amount of wildlife in Phoenix when I was there, so I don't see why skunks would be any different. Huh. Well, I just I assume they couldn't survive in like 120 degree heat, but I mean I can barely survive. In Moral that, of the so. story: Stay away from skunks if you can, because yeah. <laughs> they the the whole smell thing is a real thing, and you do not want to get sprayed with a skunk. Oh, buy a skunk because it, it will ruin your day. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. All right. Yeah. Well, that service message has been brought to you by SBI. Yes. Last point I want to make. One more totally random tangent. Game of Thrones. What an amazing episode. I won't. I won't spoil it any beyond that. But if you didn't see it, you better go see it. It was amazing. Peter Dinklage is the man. Is the man. Tyrion Lannister. He's the man representing Jersey UL. I've said it before. Peter Dinklage is from Jersey, so I got you know I got I got to mention that one of the best shows there is. Mm, see, I couldn't get into the show. <laughs> Why is that? Because they use like big words. It's like is no, that... here's my thing. With, with, here's my here's my thing with shows like that, right? Like G- Game of Game of Thorns, whatever the hell it's called. Game of Thorns. <laughs> and then, you are so gonna get killed on Twitter. And then, and then like the, and then, you know, and then like the Tudors, which I thought that was a great show, and but I, mean, I thought it was okay. But the, and then like you know, like Spartacus for that Gladiator show. The problem is for me with all those shows is like there's just so much like unnecessary sex. It's like oh, oh we haven't had a sex scene in this in, in you know forty minutes of the show, so we might as well just throw the sex scene in there. I mean, th- does every episode have? To, I mean, does it have to have sex in every episode? Does it? I mean, why? It take like to me like it takes away from the show. It's the moral decadence of that era of that of the time they're trying to portray. Like it's sex is a part of the of real life. It's it's an it's you know like a, it's, it's you know it's too much. It like it like distracts me from the show. I just I I want to watch the show. I don't need to see people just banging left and right. Wow, man, your time in the Bahamas really messed you up. Apparently, no, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. That that's I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's my uh, only issue with these shows. It's it's just like there's like it's like unnecessary. So you need to just watch like Nickelodeon, basically. That's what you're telling me. No, I, I don't watch Nickelodeon. You should, because then there's no you don't have, you don't have to worry about seeing sex there. So <laughs> right in your real house. <laughs> Disney, Nate Junior. I don't even know what channel those are on. Uh, Actually, I think in, Disney's on 35 out here in Arizona. I, oh, think. I don't know. I have Directv, but you know, oh. there you go. You can watch those shows. There's yeah. some funny stuff on there. My kids watch it. I can't say I get into it too much. The only the only show that my kids that what my kids watch that I even kind of liked, Big Bang Theory. It's pretty funny. That's a pretty funny show. It's all right. It's it's pretty funny. I, I can tolerate it. So, but no, but Game of Thrones is great. I thought you were going to complain about the British accents on the show. No, why would I do that? I don't know. I wasn't expecting you to complain about the sex scenes. It just the point I'm saying is that I just feel like it sometimes takes away from it. Okay, I think I know what happened. So, were you watching Game of Thrones with your mom? No, because I think that's probably what happened. No, not at all. Awkward, awkward. No, that, that's a reckless comment right there. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't. I, I, all right, you're an adult. It's sex. There's sex on shows. Yeah, but the point, the point I'm saying is like, it's like, it's like to the point where it's like, it's like too much. It's overboard. How's it? Why? If it's tied into, like, if one of the characters in the, if the characters in the show go to brothels then there's going to be scenes in brothels and sex happens in brothels like it's like what i don't i don't know all right just look this is just my this is just my take on it okay yeah Uh, for those of you unaware you know garrett's a converted uh uh puritan (laughs) that is not true that is that is not true at all he's a bible thumper 
That, that is also not true. Yes. <laughs> he believes, he's very anti like porn and all that other stuff. See, now, is, now if, see, if I answer that by saying that's not true, then I sound like a pervert, so thank you. <laughs> you can't win, buddy. You can't win. <laughs> you suck. Hey, but you know what? You don't, you don't, work, you know what? You don't work with uh, – you don't work with the youth academy anymore, so you know you know you can li- you can be a little more uh, you know dangerous now. You can you know what? You can see the other side of you. That's that's not gonna happen either. I'm just, all right, dude. Let's talk about your drinking and all that stuff. I it, it takes me like two <laughs> it takes me like you see you know it takes me like two beers and I'm done. Everyone, uh, okay, all right. We'll, we'll we'll stick with the with the image you're trying to portray to the public. What's what's which one's that? The the fake one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Garrett, Garrett is the same, folks. Just so you know, the, no one believes that crap because they because the they meet I'm the me bad guy out of the group because they meet me at the bar, then they know right away that it's all it's all it's all lies. All right, I was well. On that note, that wraps up the show, man. You have you have a good uh, you have a good couple days, and uh, I think we need to get the midweek show going. So hopefully Tuesday. on Wednesday Tuesday. there will be Tuesday. a show on Wednesday morning for Let's everyone. Do, no, Tuesday is Tuesday. I think Tuesday evening. Yeah, I was just saying we record Tuesday evening, and then you know when everyone wakes up, there'll be a show Wednesday morning. Hopefully, hopefully. I'm planning on it. I don't know about you. I got nothing going on Tuesday night. Yeah, but let's try to make it earlier, man. These just for everyone's for everyone who's wondering, we are now finishing this show up at 4:30 a.m. Eastern time. So yeah, it's pretty it's, late. Uh, it's it's kind of late. So hopefully Tuesday we can record at like a reasonable hour. Yes, it's a little late, but hopefully we'll yeah we'll get that. All right, Ivis. Well, have a good night, man. Get some sleep, and I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. One thing. Yes. <laughs> Forget one yeah, what's last that? time. Please, folks, could you please give us some reviews on iTunes? That's all I'm asking. Give me one or two reviews. Uh, thank you for the for the more re- most recent review. Whoever gave us that, uh, we just need a couple. We haven't had many, and uh, you know, I'd like to I'd like to hear from everybody and get a sense of, of what you guys like about the show, what you think of the show, whether you love or hate it, hate the show. I don't care. I just want to see reviews. So if you get a chance and you and you have iTunes, hook it up. Thank you. Yes, I agree with what I just said. All right, man. Have a good night. I'll catch you later this week. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is the SBI Show.